Decoding Nerds due program. Initializing episode 003. It is Saturday, September 27, 2020, and you are listening to two degenerates talk about what matters to them over the last week. It's Saturday, uh, September 26th, uh, 2020, and we are way behind on making episodes. <laughs> Let's just get that settled just right off the bat. Yeah, I might go back and have the automated chick do the entrance, but like, there's our informal entrance for right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, dude, we didn't do anything on New World. And New World's been done for, like, what, like, two or three weeks now? Yeah, it's the first week of September, so yeah, it's been three weeks. Yeah, it's been a bit, uh... Which, that's, that's, what what we, while, while the New World preview was available, that's kind of what we were doing. Have you really done anything else since New World? Like, anything gaming-related, have you really done anything else since New World preview shut down? Not really. I mean, I think we were both kind of waiting for Shadowlands pre-patch, uh, you know, after New Worlds, after the last playtesting for New Worlds ended, they did announce that they were going to do another test in November. Uh, and so I think everything's kind of just been pretty idle. I've bought like some random stuff that was on sale on Steam here and there, like near Automata uh i've played gungeon a couple times uh you know epic just gave me a roller coaster tycoon which i'll probably end up playing to keep myself entertained now but i haven't really played too much uh tony hawk pro skater came out and i had bought i pre-ordered that so like i feel i feel feel i feel a lot of my like free time that i don't have anything else going on with just like running through the levels and tony hawk and you know, trying to get all the goals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I watch a couple guys stream it for uh, like an hour or two. And I mean, it just brought back all that nostalgia. So well worth. Yeah, I think uh, if, if you were and I was a big Tony Hawk player on Nintendo 64. Um, so like if you ever if you ever enjoyed Tony Hawk, it, it is definitely worth the purchase on PC. Um, did it, did, do you know if it, did it release on consoles? Like, I feel like as good as it looks, they should drop it on both the consoles again for like a whole nother generation to play. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. I've only seen people play it on the PC, but. Yeah, I I think it would be wise for them to drop it. Like don't, don't release it as like a CD or anything. Just drop it on the Xbox and PlayStation, uh, store as it was. I guess it's on, it's on, yeah, it's on Xbox. Yeah, okay. PS4 and these. Oh yeah, good choice. I I, th- I think hopefully there's some people out there who were snagging that and who were who maybe were a little bit into skating and wanted to jam out and play some games. Well, um, you know, you got to go for those like two million point combos. Like we yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Kickflip, uh, ollie, clickflip. You just like everything. Manual everywhere. Manual yeah. everywhere. Nine, <laughs> forty-nine combo. Uh, like those guys who were like going down the half pipes and then bouncing off the wall back in the other direction. I was like, is 
I don't I don't even know you could do that in the game. <laughs> it really makes me like want to get a Nintendo 64 and go try to do it in there. I was like, I feel like these are just uh, the Unreal Engine has messed up the physics from what they were really originally intended to be. Right. <laughs> um. And see, I don't have all this in the show notes because I, I didn't update this very well. Uh, I, I was watching some Star Trek clips on uh, on YouTube. Yeah, as I don't know, you guys get recommended. I get the next generation Star Trek clips sometimes. And then I uh, I ended up watching both seasons of The Orville. Um, and then I then I reloaded uh, Star Trek Online on my computer, and and aggravated myself with that for a little while about how bad and dated that game is. Hey, but but for for, for diehard Star Trek fans, I mean, well, no different than that's it though. There's uh, like nothing else. Or, you know that yeah, the, the, like those are the only games that they really have. Yeah, and and if you were a really big Star Trek nerd, and you have a PC, or I think I think they have it on Xbox too. I think they have a console version of it. But it, there's a lot to do in STO, like build your crew, get ships, like run through all of the story missions, of which there are a boatload of them. Not to mention, you know, you can play Feder Federation, Starfleet. Oh boy! Oh no! I hope no Star Trek fans listen to this. <laughs> oh no! Uh, you can play Starfleet or Klingon or romulan or they have uh you can play the kelvin timeline which is essentially playing in the timeline of the new movies and then recently they released um you can play in the timeline that the new star trek discovery series is in um if you're a star trek dweeb i mean i'm kind of a star trek dweeb and additionally i'm a i'm one of the stupid people who bought a lifetime sto membership like dude that was a long time ago but whenever sto came out it was a while ago i'm gonna look this up real quick february 2010 so i think probably in late 2009 i bought a lifetime membership to sto um i don't know maybe it's not been a bad idea maybe it's kind of worked out for me because i do go back and play it from time to time so i can you know pilot a you know some destroyer class pew pew ship or something like that and feel really special i think having a lifetime membership certainly helps when you're that on and off of it so that way when you do come back you just you have that much more stuff available to use yeah part of it's i mean like i wish they would have offered like a lifetime wow subscription back in the day like in 2004 i would have bought that that would have worked out really well yeah i think it was like 250 bucks i think the sto lifetime was like 250 bucks and I, I think I've probably gotten that's 25 week that's 25 months of gameplay since 2010 yeah yeah, yeah. I, that's probably worked out perfectly actually um yeah and then the Orville uh, the first season's a little meh the second season uh gave me a lot of like like modern kind of funny the next generation vibes and I I enjoyed myself and then I, then I was like I want to be a space hero <sighs> Yeah, that's about it. That's all I've been doing. Yeah, uh, my girlfriend and I are, are a little bit more anime dweebs. So we got wrapped up in Avatar The Last Airbender and then The Legend of Korra recently, uh, which we binned all pretty much back to back and all together. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I am 
I am the atypical millennial. Uh, I grew up with Cartoon Network and uh, and Toonami and everything. So, you know, uh, that that type of anime, Dragon Ball, Gundam, whatnot is is in my wheelhouse. And I love those types of shows. But I, I don't I don't know what it is about. I feel like it's just a Nickelodeon anime thing where the shows are just kind of all over the place they're they're not your you know whatever 900 episode naruto and 700 episode dragon ball uh you know they have like 50 episodes and it's not necessarily that those 50 episodes are bad but it's just that the storytelling is not not what i'm used to you know a, a boss battle takes like 10 minutes not 10 episodes like dragon ball does so um but they're good i mean i i enjoy the shows i i like the story i like avatar as a as a general world building i suppose uh i wish they would make another live action movie because the first one i mean i didn't think that it was actually bad but then it just kind of got dropped like a lot of things got dropped so i have not watched avatar the last airbender not to not get confused with the blue people smurf avatar. <laughs> uh, but I did recently, maybe like a week or two ago, rewatch the, it's not, it's very like the 26 episodes of Samurai, Samurai Champloo. So there's my anime dweebing out. Also a good show though. I mean, really most Samurai shows, I mean, you can't really go wrong. Um, I get the next thing we have on here is, and I don't know if you had a chance to watch all of them yet. Was all the new DC Universe trailers? No, I still have not. I mean, okay, so it, it was it was a secondary additional trailer of the new Wonder Woman, which I mean I'm stoked about because I I really enjoyed the the first Wonder Woman or the last one they did. You know what I mean? And this one looks like it's going to be entertaining. And it looks a little um, Captain Marvel slash like Ragnarok-y. Like, I, I feel like they're kind of going for this like 80s pop culture music vibe, which I think has been working a lot lately. Um, we'll see. I'm definitely going to go see that. Uh, Black Adam with, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> interesting choice has one of the worst trailers I've ever seen for anything in my entire life, which is just like this animated like prequel trailer to like how black Adam became black Adam, but it's all like 2d shifting art. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it it's kind of lame. Uh, they're making another suicide squad. Uh, but I think it's I, it seems like they're adjusting the timeline around like somehow they're going back in time. I don't or I didn't read it very well. And then there's the new Batman with uh, Team Edward, right? Is that the vampire from Twilight series? Yeah, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, Team Edward. Go Team Edward. Yeah, Team Edward is Batman now. Um, <laughs> whatever. I I mean, I'm team I'm Team Christian Bale personally. Um, yeah, uh, I, I wasn't, uh, anti-team Ben Affleck. 
like I feel like it could have been way better because it, it wasn't great. But I, I he ended up playing an okay Batman like through the two movies that he was Batman. But uh, I, you know I don't know. I feel like I I obviously have no I know nothing about it. But I have like I almost wonder if Team Edward Batman is gonna end up being like Spider Man three. Uh, like emo Batman as a like is you know see where I'm going with this? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh he's gonna start dancing in a club like I don't know. Uh I don't I'm not like other than Wonder Woman, I'm I'm pensive about the other three. Yeah, and I mean D- DC really has their work cut out for them, in my opinion. Compared to Marvel, I feel like DC's choice of actors was questionable from the get go. Uh, you know, Suicide Squad, for instance. I am not a Jared Leto fan at all, and I definitely did not like Jared Leto Joker. And I'm pretty sure the new Suicide Squad just doesn't have the Joker in it, or at least Jared Leto whatsoever, which is a good choice, uh, because that definitely took away from the first one, in my opinion. Um, you know, I- I'm with you. I don't think Ben Affleck necessarily played a bad Batman. I think he plays a better Bruce Wayne than he does a Batman. So we'll see if Robert Pattinson plays a better Batman than he does Bruce Wayne. You, you know, if we just get some alternate of that. He's going to be such a pale, nerdy Bruce Wayne. Like, yeah, yeah. Because even like be Bruce Wayne has I, always been like a playboy. And I just don't feel like Patterson has that look. And, and, and I suppose you could say in Twilight he was kind of the mysterious... Uh, you know, affluent type guy in those movies who from, sparkled from in I sunlight. Remember. Yeah, who who just happened to well, sparkle in sunlight? Hopefully, and, hopefully and that doesn't carry over to being from, Batman from that... killing Bella. Uh, I, mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, he was pretty much Batman. You know, if we really think about it, I mean, he's already played Batman before. I yeah, mean, he could just jump really far instead of having having to use the grappling hook. Yeah, and except for instead of his parents dying, they were vampires. I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, who adopted him and weren't his real parents, and it wasn't his real sister. What do you, what are you doing, vampire stepsister? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, that's not a lot. You know what? I could probably find that. What is that rule thirty four? Oh. oh yeah, does the amount of rule thirty four for Twilight has to be insane? Well, I mean, that's how that's how uh, that whole damn it. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is one that was originally Twilight fanfic. So allegedly, yeah, and if you look this up, this is actually a weird subject that I know way too much about. <laughs> there's this whole like Twilight. Uh, there's this whole theory that Twilight actually kicked off a bunch of things. Fifty Shades of Grey being one of them. But, uh, you know, that Twilight had this like giant pop culture impact that its roots just went for miles. So uh yeah you, you know 50 shades of gray and th- not only the book but then them making movies of it as well is uh yeah, yeah i mean that's definitely twilight's fault for sure how do we get here oh dc uh, universe Batman? yeah you know okay well okay hey it, like because this isn't in the notes but we talked about this recently that new uh wanda and uh vision series that's going to be on disney plus that doesn't yeah, have wanda any reason vision. to exist an original name i'm very yeah, sure. what the name? What, what was was that the name of it? It had such a dumb name. Pretty sure it's Wandavision. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Wandavision. Like, <laughs> I I saw the trailer for it and I was like, I do not want to watch this at all. 
Like, I don't, I, I may not watch it just because the trailer turned me off of it so bad. I mean, my, my current problem, and we've talked about this as well, is that Disney Plus creates a streaming service and then instantly starts creating all of these shows, these episodic shows. And, you know, hey, which, which I could deal with a little bit more if they just, if they did what Netflix has always done, which is just, you know, just dump the dump entire them. season all at once. Right, right. But, but they're, but, they're, yeah, they're but really Disney Plus's the thing Disney has Enterprise. always been they do like one a week, like they did with Mandalorian right. and everything. Yeah, I don't, so you don't you don't look up the release date. You look up the date when the season's supposed to finish, and that's whenever you renew your subscription. Is, I mean, are we getting anything else? Like, are, did has 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 the uh, MCU? Like, so we're talking about the the DC universe, but is the MC, MCU gonna giving us anything? Um, I haven't yet. heard of any. We're supposed to get female Thor. Is that going to be played by that one comedian who is from Gilmore Girls? <laughs> No, I, I'm just played by Thor's girlfriend, uh, you know, Padme. <laughs> I really like she could pick up the hammer. I mean, I guess if Captain America can pick it up, that opens the door for everybody else to know that they could then pick it up. Yeah, you know, and she got pulled into like the, the red mist portal, you know, like, yeah, she's, you know, she's been there. She's been by his side. Uh, so Melissa so, McCarthy, so Melissa McCarthy. Meow Meow, right? Meow Meow is what is what the other chick calls it. Yeah, Meow Meow. Uh, but... Yeah, Meow Meow is just used to her being around. Yeah. So, um, Melissa McCarthy would make a great uh, woman <laughs> Thor. That's like, remember she did that spy movie and she was a female Ghostbuster, right? Am I yeah. making? I didn't watch that movie, but yeah, they should do Melissa McCarthy Thor. For sure. uh, yeah, so we're supposed to get. A Black Widow movie. I keep forgetting about that one. We're supposed to get a Black Widow solo or origin story type movie. Uh, we're supposed to get a uh, female Thor, and then we're supposed to get another Doctor Strange at some point. I think I think those last two were are a little ways out. But we are really owed a new Doctor Strange. Like we got we got a Doctor Strange. He ends up playing like a pretty major role in the last couple of Avengers movies. Like his powers, not the actor, not Cumberbitch, Batch, uh, Cumbersnatch, Cumber <laughs> Benedict, Sherlock Batch. Yeah, I always it. think of that. Him as yeah, that one's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. His powers ended up like you know setting the entire end of the MCU up, which then makes you well the end of the first stage of the MCU, I suppose. Uh, and then so you have to wonder like, oh, I mean, at the end, I suppose. Well, no, they all got destroyed. What does he do without the Time Stone now? That was like his biggest contribution, and it got blown up by Tony at the end. Or no? Do you think? Do you think Dormammu just like helps him out? <laughs> <laughs> Dormammu just makes a new stone. Dormammu, like, I, I, I have a deal. Like, I really, you. I really thought we had a thing going on there at the end of the last movie. So <laughs> Dormammu, you know, I, kinda... <laughs> I just, I would have not remembered the name, but now it's <laughs> going to be in my head now that you've said it. I don't. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, we, we, you know, he made a deal with him for him to leave him alone. But I don't know if all of the, I don't know if all the stone moving and all the time jumping validated the deal he had with Dormammu. Yeah, I don't. If any movie is bound to rack my brain, it's going to be another Doctor Strange movie because it's going to be. There's going to be so much time portal infinity universe, you know, stuff going on. I, I'm going to, like, somebody's oh. going to need to draw me a, a map before I go see You know see what? The movie. I was, 
like I was super excited very early on in the newest Spider-Man movie when um, the guy from Jarhead told us that there was a multiverse. Right. And then it was total bullshit and it was holograms. And I was like, fuck, you guys had me hooked so hard. Um, guy from Donnie Darko, you had me hooked so hard. Uh, what else has he been in? I can't. His sister was in Batman, conveniently, right? Uh, I, di I didn't know that one. Yeah, the second. She wasn't. Remember, the character changed because it was it was uh, it was Tom Cruise's wife in the first Batman movie, and then it ended up being Jake Gyllenhaal's sister in the second movie, where she dies. Right. Yeah. I can. Uh, the only two movies I think Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh wait, he's in Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain, Nightcrawler with, with the Joker. End of Watch. I like End of Watch. So if you think about it, he was in Brokeback Mountain with Joker, and then his sister was in Batman in the movie before the one with Joker. And then Zodiac. No, wait, wait hold on. The is, one it, with... is it canon? Is it canon that Zodiac is before uh, Spider-Man Far From Home? <laughs> is that canon? Can we get yeah. a confirmation? I mean, if you, if you work for Marvel, can you confirm canon it really makes that. sense because he got fired by tony stark like everybody else so like on the in between zodiac took place exactly and before he worked for tony stark he was a marine and took place in desert storm in jarhead and then started to work for tony stark afterwards right and then everything he learned from catching the zodiac killer he just uses that to become mysterio exactly and then honestly if you go back to his donnie darko is his origin story that was him growing up and going through high school. Right. See, I, I'm just saying. I, I think we figured it out here. It's the Jake Gyllenhaal verse. <laughs> the Gyllen verse? <laughs> I don't know if that includes his sister, too. If it's the Gyllen verse, <laughs> if it's both of them. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. Some of these show notes are so old, you would question whether or not they're still topical. Because this show notes page got started on august 18th but uh apple versus epic is probably still topical right because they're still going at it definitely still topical and you, you know the i think when we talked last time uh this was pre-apple pulling epic's ability to uh do any to, apps. To for the store yeah, yeah whatsoever so now that's been pulled you know we've seen a pretty big effect from that epic tried to kind of cover up the data but i think the true data ended up being that they lost like 30 to 40 percent of their players on uh, on fortnite See, alone. i thought it was more than that but I'm, i'll take yeah, that. Could, i don't know that for sure that. but it turns out a lot of fortnite players uh play on ios yeah um but yeah i mean it seems to be held up currently i mean no more news that much so I hope Epic wins, like as an as as an iOS uh, device user, because I have an iPhone, and I actually have an iPad too. I don't I don't use it to play game. I don't use either one of them to play games. But uh, I feel like the background push here is is to try to force Apple to have like a back end app store option like Android does. Uh, I don't think it's gonna work though. I mean, deep in my soul. Do I believe that anybody can beat Apple, a company who has like more cash on hand than any other company in the United States? Uh, and and legislatively has won 
a lot of battles in yeah. the past against yeah. even even names as big as themselves, such as Samsung. And, oh yeah, Samsung, and, Qualcomm. Yeah. Like they've they they yeah. they will put in the money in order to push. I mean, because at the end, I think that I think that what they want to do is they want to push somebody. Well, I mean, come on, right there towards the end in their battle with Qualcomm, it looked like they had they were like, fine, we're gonna battle you forever, and then we're gonna get Intel to start making uh, uh, radios for us. So screw you, Qualcomm. And then Qualcomm was like, hey, we'll settle. Let's let's stop doing this whole thing because we're tired right. of spending money and we don't want to lose money forever. Right. And that's the that's the future that I foresee. Either either one, a decision will be made so far from now that it, you know, the effect will be so minimal by that point in time or that it just gets settled out before before that time passes. Yeah, like eventually Apple's going to run it out so much and Epic's going to be like, hey, I mean, instead of 30, how about 15? And Apple's going to be like, okay, we're done with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I feel like it's going to stretch out. Or if it goes the other way and they don't settle out and a decision is made, I think it's going to be, we're going to be so many iOS versions and whatever decision made might be negated by however the status of iOS is at that time that it may end up being like an invalidated decision to some degree. And I mean, I think in, in a perfect world, you just want those choices to be the developer's choices, you know, right. If you're a, if you're an up and coming developer, as we said before, and you want to monetize your app, maybe you don't want to go in and code everything to monetize using your own backend. Maybe you, maybe you are okay with paying Apple or paying Google for, for their service on, on that end. But uh, it, it should be a choice. It shouldn't be something that's locked in. So, but it's not. I, it's not a choice if you decide to code to develop and deploy your apps through the Microsoft App Store and Windows. Because if you do that, you're a moron. <laughs> Everybody can quote but, that tenth ton man, uh, September twenty sixth, twenty twenty. The Microsoft App Store on Windows sucks. I'm just saying. Gabe Newell said. He said one day. The Microsoft Store is going to take over. I just, you know. Hey, and it, it's almost like it, Valve slash Steam has taken that seriously enough. They've made a bunch of stuff work on Linux, though. So they must, it's not like they're saying that and then they're over there not doing anything about it. So that's probably like the most intriguing thing about Valve in that sense is they've made that comment and Gabe and company at Valve have been expressing that fear for a long time but then actively developing stuff for linux so they're yeah, doing more and than i most. think if you truly believe that statement and you're making the moves that valve is making with the index and uh and kind of sort of pulling a netflix on us and and starting to develop their own games or a lot more of their own games uh in-house then you know you you kind of just gotta you kind of keep gotta keep going that way because if someday that flip does happen, at least if you have an index or, you know, if you are somebody who owns all those Valve games, you're not dead in the water like everybody else is. Yep. We had on our show notes to talk about Shadowlands, but truth of the matter is we played a little bit of the pre-patch beta and then had problems. And that's about all I got. I saw, I saw some postings like on Wowhead and some in well which like i was looking at feedly that says that basically leans said the idea that blizzard was hearing a lot of people's complaints about the shadowlands mechanics 
and they're trying to make some changes. Which sounds cool, except for the game's supposed to be out like in the next couple of months. You know, when some of the guys, like some of the WoW content creators on YouTube were expressing concerns about it, like middle of this summer, like July, um, you know, like two months later seems like a ways off to be saying, yeah, maybe you guys are right. Maybe people aren't going to like this. Yeah. And, and I think we've seen a lot, you know, some of the more recent stuff that we talked about was their initial choices for uh, gear eye level drops in regards to raids and mythic dungeons um and it seems like with the level squish in the eye level squish and everything else that's going on they're trying to make some pretty big changes and i just don't know that people like i don't know that traditional wow players like big changes or a lot happening at one time well, so he, let me let me draw like a, a a comparison uh you remember when division two came out and they made a bunch of changes to Division that I don't think any of us ever asked for. Right. I feel like some of these changes in Shadowlands are in that wheelhouse of like, I don't think anybody's asked you guys to change this stuff. I don't right. think guys who raid were concerned about guys who hard push mythics getting similar gear. like Or, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah, or either way. Like those are, some guys cross over and do both of those. But those are kind of two different groups of people and two different focuses. I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly what compelled them to just decide to make a choice there in a place that to me seems more likely to aggravate people than make anybody happy. Yeah. And, and the same goes for our leveling experience and our, and our initial concern that you're going to go from, you know, your, your one through 10 leveling zone now, uh, or, can't even really call it leveling zone leveling island is that that would be a better way to word it i guess and then you go straight into bfa content well which Where, ideally... whereas, whereas we thought that you were going to get done with your one through ten and then you were just going to get the option to go wherever you want not necessarily that it would try and push you straight into bfa which the in beta i kind of heard that that was partially a problem with that one character not showing up after we finished one through 10. Chromie, who, yeah. Yeah, Chromie, who's supposed to do that. Um, but then that, I think maybe my main concern at the end of that was, even if Chromie's there, they make you do one through 10 in the island, and then it seems like they expect you to do 20 through 50 in one zone. Whether that's BFA, you know, pick any expansion. You're going to spend all of your main middle levels 20 through 50 in one zone. Right. Which is probably good for getting people to level. But I think, I think you and I had discussed and expressed the idea of they almost need to give you like a Chromie replay button. Even once you hit like 60 for new players to give them a reason to maybe go back and play the old content. Yeah. Because otherwise it really just seems like all of this is for nothing. I mean, it really seems like it's just a level squish, not necessarily a story, um, you know, or leveling experience squish. And, and that's really more what I was looking forward to. I mean, that that's that was just my initial take on Shadowlands. 
whether that's because I read it that way or because Blizzard actually, you know, initially stated that that's the way it's going to be. I'm not sure, but I initially took it as, hey, you create a new character, you know, you get out of the tutorial zone and then you're just free to play wherever you want, not that you're pushed to play BFA or you're pushed to focus in one other zone and just grind out to 50. I, I thought it was just going to be a much more enjoyable experience going from 20 to 50 being able to jump around from you know bc content to uh whatever you know whatever content it was you wanted to play but yeah it definitely doesn't seem that way and and blizzard themselves even stated that they really expected and or wanted people to go through bfa because that that makes the jump into shadowlands a lot more linear than if you if you level up in a different zone not bfa and then you know all of a sudden have this wicked change into shadowland so yeah i mean and, and i can kind of see it from that perspective of go through the one through ten zone land in bfa and then if you play through if they scaled out the leveling probably through bfa and you did all the story quests through bfa at the end of bfa you should have an idea of why shadowlands happened and what the lead up to that was right but then it does from the from the perspective of there's 15 years of other game there um it sucks it sucks in my mind especially as a, an original wow player that like that setup is basically just encouraging everybody to skip 14 or 13 or 14 years worth of content that i guess will scale with you from t 20 to 50 or 10 to 50 but they're really pushing you away from it at that point. And when in, in, in beta, I couldn't even queue to do dungeons in those areas. Like once I, once I did one through 10 said, I wanted to go to BFA. When I hit random dungeon queue, it only let me play BFA dungeons. Which, right. Which really sucked. Cause there's a lot of really fun old world dungeons. And so to me, it kind of sucked to just get stuck playing king's rest and whatever over and over and over again and i think if i remember correctly they said that that would be fixed in well, the actual shot oh yeah release. i think maybe maybe we talked about that that the idea was is when you made that choice in beta it's because they wanted people testing the level scaling on the bfa right. dungeons right yeah well probably still a lot to be sorted out pre-shadowlands I've not been doing a very good job of keeping track of it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think at this point, it's probably pretty safe to say no different than we initially saw with BFA that Shadowland will have a few weeks of initial changes ongoing. Oh, I mean, if, and, it's, if it's like BFA, Shadowlands won't be good for 12 months. And then, and then they'll not. rebalance as a right. And then, you know, they'll, they'll get through there and they'll take care of all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, hopefully not. I mean, I would be willing to accept that if if it actually meant that, uh, you know, Shadowlands sticks and this becomes a permanent change with the leveling squish and everything else. That's a much bigger impact than, than BFA realistically had. So if it does take them that long, I can't say that I'll necessarily be too upset, but I think a lot of people were were frustrated by BFA. And so in Blizzard's, uh, for Blizzard's sake rather, hopefully that's not the case because i think a lot of people may just be that much more frustrated that 
two releases in a row, we've had uh, bad releases, I guess would be the yeah. easy way to say it. Blizzard, Blizzard will disappoint us. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and predict it. There's my prediction for this topic. We're going to get in. Like, we can jump on our level 50s and go through the Shadowlands content at some point, And then we're probably going to get to the end of it and be like, oh, that was it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really not looking forward to all of the abilities and everything that's tied with uh, with Shadowlands, as far as that goes, with your uh, it's uh, just tied to your covenant. Yeah, tied to tied to the covenant and just covenant switching and having to play through the tutorial with all the different covenants and so on and so forth. I it mean, makes it, me feel like I'm joining a cult. It, well, and and historically, none of that will matter upon the next release. So it's a lot of time to invest for a very interesting mechanic that I just don't foresee sticking around forever anyways. Oh, I agree. Um, I think and, that's... and causing a lot of balance issues and a lot more work than what Blizzard would already have if they just released Shadowlands with the story level, eye level squish and everything else that's entailed. Adding the covenants on top of that just seems like a very, very large cake to try and bake. I agree. I've always been a little bummed that like Legion had artifacts and uh bfa had like the necklace and the cloak and all this all these like legendary items and all this stuff and then mm -hmm. at the end of every expansion they just become trash for the next expansion yep. and you almost wish they'd let it hang around a little longer than that like to make it like this legendary item you had from fighting uh who's the evil dude nazoth nazoth thank you i lost it dormammu uh, yeah, Dormammu. BFA Dormammu. Yeah. Um, really Blizzard Dormammu. Yeah. Blizzard Dormammu. Uh, you know, you have this sweet cloak that you, by the way, you spent like a ton of time at the very end of the expansion working on this cloak. And then, you know, hey, welcome to Shadowlands. Uh, here's your first green that's now better than that. You know, suck a big <laughs> one. Uh, and it was, I, from my understanding, it was very similar going from Legion to BFA. I didn't really play Legion, but you had your artifact weapons that you spend all this time leveling up and all this stuff and then you get into uh bfa and it was like you know you get in you do your very first uh you know level 120 dungeon and you get a weapon that's better than that by quite a bit yep. and you're like well that was really cool i had this whole giant story in this this class hall and all this time and effort i put into this and then you know five levels into the next expansion you know forget that that ever existed we played New World. You played more New World than I played New World. I quite enjoyed New World, definitely. So let's start. Let's move through the process because kind of some of the topics we have here. Uh, the download and install of it through Steam wasn't bad. And for as sexy as it looked, it didn't take up a bunch of drive space. Which, Yet. Which... I'm a huge fan of because I am stingy and cheap and I don't like buying giant SSDs that are still expensive in my eyes. So, you know, I'm over here chugging along with my one terabyte SSD, which small young me would have thought, you know, was an insane amount of space. And nowadays that's like five AAA titles and then it's full. So 
yeah, I mean, the the install was like 40 gigs, I think, by time uh, they, they dropped a couple of patches. And that that is insanely small for what was the entire game. I mean, as far as I could tell, that was the entire world. That was the entire map. There wasn't anything blocked off for us that that it you know that we didn't download or anything of that sort so that's, not that i know of i mean and and i saw other guys who were way further along in the game than me out doing content that i mean it seemed like they had access to all the content mm -hmm. so yeah i'm gonna go with like it looked like it was everything and you know the quality of the textures and everything looked good Oh, yeah, and the so, sound. I mean, you know, uh, Call of Duty tries to tell us that their installs are 200 gigs because of all the flack, lossless audio. But, I mean, as far as I can tell, playing New World, especially with everybody uh, zip-zapping around with their life staffs, you know, I can hear everything. There were a couple you know, noises that were out of balance. <laughs> there was a couple noises, like, you know, people screaming, anybody hitting a rock with a pick. You could hear like two miles away. Yeah, you could yeah. like king, and you're just like, I don't, I don't know if that was next to me or a hundred yards away. They're <laughs> both equally loud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it definitely had some balancing issues as far as sounds and I would say the frequency at which you hear said sounds as well. Um, but yeah, overall, yeah, you know, I I, I didn't notice really any problems with visuals or sound or anything along those lines. I mean, it's a fairly new game, so I feel like sometimes it could get a little taxing on resources, like memory leak type, you know, issues you'd expect in something that's in alpha, so to speak. Um, yeah. But when it was running, when it was up and running smooth, I mean, it would stay up and run smooth for a while. Um, so then you have to make a character the character creation screen was pretty limited. Like, I don't know if that's what they're planning to go to launch with, but, you know, there wasn't much. No, I, I really would have preferred, uh, you know, even WoW levels of, of customization, which is having your, your few, uh, you know, your few fancy little options for jewelry and things of that sort, but it was really basically just... Yeah, I guess because, you know, the, shape, the main hair, difference between hair. a lot of stuff and WoW is like WoW doesn't have much in the way of height or body adjustments. It, it has like face, hair, and skin color and right. accessories. Right. Um, but they really, they, they, had, they had a pretty limited amount of faces. Like there wasn't a ton of customization to it. I mean, the, the you know, the the main thing was we couldn't figure out whether or not male female was actually a thing in the game so it, it's a thing it, but it's not a thing like you can select whether or not it's so they're, they're playing in the middle ground here like in, in in an era when there is no right answer and you're gonna piss somebody off the character selector would let you pick male or female to state what your gender was like it's almost like you were you were openly stating what your gender was and then there was another button to change what your body looked like which, you right. know, not to not aggravate anybody, you could pick a traditionally male-looking body or a traditionally female-looking body, but you could decide your gender separate of that. 
and really the gender just decided your voice. So so in reality, they should have just had voice type and then body type. And then you could pick any hair and or facial hair that you want. I mean, personally, uh, I had a very cute bony tail and a very, very nice handlebar mustache. <laughs> I, I think and... I went I think I went with. Uh, I think I was just a woman with no hair. Maybe I had a mohawk. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, what, I mean, it just it helps you. It, it makes you faster. Like honestly, you know, it's the it's the slickness. Well, the 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 female body type is harder to hit with bullets because the 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 body size is smaller than the male. True, true. So, you know, you get into the game. There's a lot of stuff that needed to be fixed, like balance wise in the game. You know, hatchet was ridiculous. It was ridiculous and ridiculously fun. Yeah, I mean, if you if you weren't leveling with the hatchet, you were really playing like new world hardcore without knowing it. Yeah, I mean, because I the saw... hatchet the hatchet just made everything. I mean, everything was so much easier. You what like two skill points in, and you got your thirty percent heal on kill, which. I mean, that that right there just completely kind of kind of destroys the game on its own yeah when you when you consider also that most a good number i'd say the majority so 60 percent, i bet of the mobs in the game that you could fight you could stun lock really you say with the hatchet and then when you killed right. them you got 30 percent of your health back um yeah guys who were playing with like a ranged weapon and sword and board um were playing on a harder game because I really don't, at this point, understand the purpose of the board in the game because you can block with a hatchet, so why block with a shield? Like I don't. And and the stamina cost of blocking with both of those is identical. Yeah. Or stamina cost of blocking and getting hit. You, you know that that hit while blocking uh, costs the same for both. So yeah, it, it's it's really interesting. I mean, I initially thought the dodge and the block mechanics were going to be insane in an MMO because most MMOs just don't have those. Uh, but then the hatchet just pretty much seemed to disprove that because you just, you pretty much never blocked. You dodged rarely and then you just left clicked a lot and hoped that you could stun lock somebody and went about your way. So definitely, definitely some weapon balancing uh in need but i personally liked the selection of weapons and allegedly we're supposed to have even more when the game comes out which will be crazy um but what we had the hammer the hammer, uh, I feel like the hammer needed some work the hammer definitely needed some work honestly the the 30 percent heal on kill in my opinion should be something that the hammer has because it's so slow and it's so hard to hit with because the windup is so slow I could see you needing some type of kickback with that type of weapon, but, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the hatchet has that instead. Uh, the sword and shield, as you mentioned, uh, was was a, a pretty good combo. I mean, it, it had some pretty interesting attacks and was kind of the support weapon. Uh, it, it felt it felt like I would... Ex picking it up, because it was one of the first weapon combos I used, picking it up, it felt like, in the many games I've played... It felt like what a sword and board should feel like. 
Right. It's the safe option in, in, in almost any scenario. And it was fun. And then, like, I, I think you could say the same for the bow and the rifle. I think they had mechanics and stuff that made them fun and made you want, even if you weren't going to make them your primary, it made you want to go use them. Right. Um, the hammer didn't for me. The, I, I used the hammer for, I think I unlocked two skill points for it. And I was like, mm, I don't really want to use this anymore. No, the only thing that the hammer gave that none of the other weapons gave, well, I guess that's not true because you could throw the hatchet. The hammer did have a range attack because you had your your earthquake line attack that you could spec into. Um, but no, I'm I'm with you. It it really just didn't seem like a a viable counter to just spamming with a hatchet at any point in time. Right. Um, you yes. know, and like you said, the the bow and the and the rifle both had their uses. Most of the time, we used the rifle to hunt uh, deer. You know, the the forty eight times that we got quests to go kill deer. Oh, let's not let's not get into the repetitive questing. Go kill rabbits. <laughs> go kill turkeys. Go kill deer. You get back and they're like, "Hey, go kill go kill ten more rabbits." You know what? Ten more rabbits and three pigs. Wouldn't it be more efficient if I killed ten pigs and three rabbits? I mean, I don't know what you guys are getting at here. Uh... Um, the staffs were fun. Um, I feel like the health the healing staff needed needs a little bit of work to feel like. It's something you could contribute to a friend with. because Other a, than just dashing around. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, the dash. I mean, if you weren't playing with a hatchet and a healing staff to travel, you were playing the game on extra hard mode. Yeah. And what it's a it's a 40 meter dash, which you don't run crazy fast in the game. So so a 40 meter dash, like instant dash is pretty insane. And it had what a 15 second cooldown. It wasn't long. With, and with it, with no with no points specced into shorter cooldowns. Yeah. So and then you know, in a world in in a game world that that you know probably in square mileage I don't know how whatever ratio in in size isn't as big as probably WoW or a lot of other games like Elder Scrolls or SWOTOR. Oh, but no. it's like it's like one continent of WoW. Yeah, it is the entire New World map. But there are no mounts in the game, so you are walking or running everywhere. And fast travel costs. Yeah, and fast uh, travel has a timer to go back to your hometown, and then it costs in order to click and do other stuff. And right, you know, all that could possibly change before release. But all of that to say, your travel options are limited. So, like, if you know you're if you're about to make a decent trip from point A to point B, you're putting a healing staff on for the dash. Because that's going to cut your travel time by a third easily. Yep. And then the fire staff uh, feels fun. Uh, functionally, the wind-up on it is so slow. I also find it hard to use cooperatively in PvE. I, although I have a similar issue with the bow. The rifle seems easier to hit stuff with when you're, when you're playing with a friend. And you're yes. both trying to kill the same thing. Um... But yeah, so to me, a lot of them, they all need a little bit of tweaking for balance reasons or a lot of stuff. But the mechanically, they all felt pretty good to me, except the hammer. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I do think the crafting was good. I didn't get into the crafting as much as you, though. Like, I oh, think it has I, a lot of potential. 
I uh, I certainly fell in love with the crafting. Um, I think I think I played for I want to say like thirty to thirty five hours, and by the time I was done, probably a good five hours or so of that was just running around and crafting and trying to level up crafting. And uh, I, I think my my main thing that I mentioned to you on it was was that um it, it kind of has a very like tiered branched approach to it and at any point in time you you can just go gather up the materials and you know start going down weaponsmithing or armor smithing or whatever you want to do uh but in order to get deep into those paths you also have to turn around and go level up uh you know your smelter whatever i can't forget what the actual name for that crafting ability is but you know your ability to make ingots because you can only make iron at first and if you want to make steel you have to make a buku of iron and in to get experience and so on and so forth so uh it definitely seems very in-depth and contrary to at least uh past wow and other games of that sort uh guild wars uh so on and so forth most of the time crafting just doesn't pay off most things that you craft aren't that useful and late game you know it's it's not even worth crafting so if you're the type of person who just grinds out to end game content or max level crafting for you has no purpose anyways because you can just get drops that are better but in new worlds it seems like crafting is actually going to be something that's useful uh whether you're playing solo or whether you're part of a faction or whatever it might be uh so i i, I like that i like games that have crafting and find a way to make crafting viable for in-game content without necessarily destroying in-game content as well. Right. No, I, I think it's definitely, if people are into it, it they're going to enjoy it. it. People who aren't into crafting uh, are going to suffer a little bit because obviously a lot of the stuff and a lot of optimization comes from crafting and getting some of that gear. So the way the economy is set up right now, I'll be interested to see how bad the the gold trade or the currency or even item trade at that point. Like how long before you're paying somebody 50 bucks to give you like a full set of gear? Like, right. Uh, it happens in a lot of modern games today, especially MMOs. So we'll see because gear, gear is going to have an effect on the game, especially with all the faction stuff that's going to come up and the PvP and town holding and all that. So... Oh, for sure. And if WoW or a lot of these other games haven't showed us, and or have showed us in the past, that there are people out there that want to win bad enough, they'll spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in order to be as best prepared as they can to win something. Yep. Um, You know, we played together a good bit. We, I mean, I think you played you played on your own or with some other people quite a bit, but we played together a bit the threat management and the quest, the way they handed out quests and, you know, kind of how hard it was, like, especially if you're playing ranged, how hard it could be sometimes to hit enemies because your, your friends can block shots and stuff like that. Co-op was kind of a mixed bag for me. I mean, it definitely felt like it had its benefits for clearing content, but it isn't set up to be as easy as it is in a lot of other MMOs. Yeah, and, and it had it. It had the traditional, you know, 
join a party with your friends, but that didn't really seem to change anything in the game. Uh, you know, quest progress was still solo. The quests that you got were still random and solo. Therefore, you and I would not even necessarily get the same, you know, no, because uh, what it ended up being or or items to go acquire. So. Right. So what it ended up being is it's almost like you'd go to it. You'd all go to the same town. You'd gather up a bunch of quests, and you just pretty much figure you're going to make a loop around one region. Because right. chances are everybody's just going to have stuff spread out everywhere, and so you're just running around doing stuff, quote unquote, together. But, and I guess we didn't do this, you know, there were, you know, if we, well, I mean, the problem is, is even if we would have flagged for PVP and did some of the faction stuff, we would also all be possibly getting separate faction quests at the same uh, time. Yeah, the, 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 I think the faction quests uh, tend to be a little bit more similar, but the same thing still applies. If you, if our job is to go hunt, you know, X amount of opposing faction players, and I don't get a hit on them before you kill them, I don't get progress, even right. though we're in a party together. And, you know, I, I don't know if that was done as a way to prevent people from power leveling, if that's a fear that Amazon has or or something along those lines. But even if progress wasn't shared, us being able to get the same quest should still be possible because otherwise we're just we're just spending more time running around with, with with each other doing quests that we don't actually need because the other person needs them and the more people you add to the party obviously the worse and worse that that gets so if we plan to play with me you your brother my girlfriend or you know a, a good handful of people in the beginning uh it makes that very very difficult and so it, then it feels very awkward and it feels like you just want to play solo instead but you know hang out on discord and talk to each other or whatever while you do Right. said solo activities which is not ideal so. yeah and if your friends aren't in your faction half the quests that the game hands out definitely you won't be able to do together right um, yeah and the the faction's a very interesting choice voice because you can't change without creating a new character um and you can only right in preview you can only have one character per server right so it it almost reminds me it reminds me of another game with permanent choices like that like planet side for example where you know you almost you almost end up talk well it's and it's kind of like wow with horde and alliance you know you meet somebody you meet somebody new and, you know we're adults so it's probably at work it's like oh you play video games yeah 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 i mean i play wow oh yeah what do you play uh i play a warlock a oh, horde or alliance horde oh you scum yeah <laughs> And I feel like that's that's where New World's going to end up being at some point. Like, you know, which fact, which cult are you in in New World? And if it's not the one I'm in, screw you. And then, even if I do like you enough as a person, I still want to play with you in the game. Like, I don't want to roll a whole another character just to play with you. Yeah, and the other the other fear with factions for me, uh, you know obviously during the preview nothing really mattered so i just joined the faction who had the most control which happened to be the fire nation which was a part of the now i can't even remember is it covenant is that what it was is it just covenant yeah yeah yeah. i don't uh so yeah they're part of the covenant which are like the templars in the game um and so that just happened to be who we picked but my fear would be, you know, let's say we start playing week one or, or day one, whatever it might be, and we choose a faction 
and then let's just say by happenstance that that faction ends up dying off on that server nobody nobody's gonna pick the faction that's the losing faction on a server so definitely, definitely not onesie twosies like you know you might have a whole guild come over for a fight but even then all those people would have to re-roll right right and, and so uh it's an interesting choice to kind of lock it down as a as a permanent decision and and then only be able to make one character per server um I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays it, it out. It kind of reminds me of uh, this in, in Guild Wars in World vs. World, they would do Realm vs. Like when you'd go queue for that, it'd be you against guys on another server. And right. you'd have weeks where it was like two servers because it, it was always groups of three. But you'd have weeks where like two really popular hardcore PvP servers would get matched with one server who does not have a population who's into that. And then they would just one faction wouldn't do anything for that entire time period and it's just the other two would really just be fighting each other the entire time yeah but yep. at least and in toward... guild wars that changed like who you were matched up with changed in some period the right. problem with new world is is if you know it's the marauders the covenant and the syndicate and if one of those just dies out on your server I, i'm not sure you know like well give me an example you know planet side offers bonuses to people who go play the faction that's low on people right right that's true um i just don't know what i just don't know what new world's gonna do to try to build up um if one of those factions really falls off because you know right now without there being any switching in the game as we're discussing you know people have to make a pretty serious commitment to go reinforce something so i almost expect that they're gonna have to make some sort of change to that and if they put a timer on it that would be fine like Hey, once you join a faction, you have to be in that faction for uh, 14 days, and then you can opt out and switch factions if you want. Like, okay, right? And, you know, and if the, and if that resets your rank, if that if that had ramifications only limited to the faction, because you know the, what we're talking about is having to make another character right now. That has a lot. Like, that's all your wealth, your homes. Like, you'd have so much in assets and time put into a character. If all you lost was your faction rank and some of your benefits and you just had to go build those back up and it was just one task you had to go after that might be manageable yeah and and i know you know obviously a chunk of the game as well and it's it's kind of one of the areas that we were afraid of with this being a pvp mmo or a very pvp centered mmo from from the initial looks of it and as we played the game you know it really kind of turned out to be that pvp in the faction system is really only necessary if you're talking about trying to control the towns and the regions in the game uh and then the wars obviously and you know towards the end of the preview as our particular server was just controlled more and more by by the fire nation by the by the covenant uh we saw a very drastic drastic drop in other factions uh on the server entirely whether that was just running around whether that was within the wars for you know areas that they still controlled that we were trying to take over or anything of that sort so um I i'm with you if they don't put something in like planet side to where opposing factions have you know an xp boost or a you know, I don't know, because that in-game XP doesn't even really matter. But, 
you know, if they don't have some type of of boost or benefit to those opposing factions to bring more people in, uh, it's going to be pretty rough if you happen to get stuck on a server that's just controlled by a certain faction or, or you know, two of the three factions are the most powerful and the other one's dead. Yep. And then you said November supposed to be another preview? November's supposed to be another preview. I haven't heard anything yet. Um, I, I don't think, I'll be honest, I don't think I'm going to, I'll probably play it a little bit in another preview to see if they make any major adjustments to anything. But I'm probably not going to die because there's just so much time you can spend in the game and they're just going to keep wiping it for now. So I don't, I don't know that I want to go in there and spend a bunch of time in it, but I would like to go in, see if they've made any improvements, kind of feel around and then, you know, probably keep an eye on what the other hardcore players say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think I'd like to take a stab at some of the other crafting that I didn't touch because I basically just focused on on uh, weaponsmithing this pastime. So uh, I, I might play a bit just to do that and, and kind of get a feel for how leveling up some of the other crafting skills works. But as we mentioned, it, it does feel kind of repetitive and this could just be a preview and this could just be something that's completely different when the game actually releases but in the preview the questing and uh you know pretty much just staying into staying in a region and you know doing those repetitive town quests over and over again kind of kind of feels like the game might you might get burnt out pretty quick on the game uh and we leveled pretty fast and i don't know if that's the same in the actual game or if that's faster in preview or not so I definitely don't want to get burnt out because I enjoy the game. So we'll see. What are, what are they saying? Late Q one, right now? Is that like? I think that's the time frame. I mean, it could get pushed back, but I think they were saying like late Q one, twenty twenty one, for release. Yep. Uh, I mean, they got that Amazon money backing them up, so we'll see how they do. And I think they got a lot of pre-orders whenever they did the preview. Yeah. Oh, I think a lot of people, dude, it was pretty popular on Twitch. It was getting streamed a lot. Um, some of those guys were giving out keys. Some of those guys were, you know, Selling scamming keys. people to give out <laughs> keys. I, mean, I call that, I think it's just scamming, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <sighs> pre-releases or pre-orders. Let's talk pre-orders. Uh, since last time there have been three major pre-orders that dropped and I believe all of them didn't go very well uh, new NVIDIA cards dropped for pre-order Yep, a lot of bots snagged those up oh yes and I've, he I've read and heard similar stories about the pre-orders for the new Xbox and the new Playstation yes um and a bunch of stuff getting posted on eBay and places like that, you know, selling stuff for, you know, 100% markup. Um, that didn't go great. Um, you know, with some of the other news that's come out, I think, you know, I don't think you and I cared about PlayStations or Xbox, uh, Xboxes, so I won't spend a lot of time talking about that. It is interesting that in this fantastical age of computers that these these people can't figure out some way to uh, restrict people's ability to just go buy up everything and turn around and resell it. <laughs> but what do I know? 
Um, let's go back to the because it's been it's been so long since we did a podcast. Nvidia did their little video announcement. Um, from that guy's kitchen, and they showed off all these cards, and you know they look they look neat, right? They seem cool. But, like, we may never actually get our hands on one in 2020. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say no. Uh, you know, I mean, I I, I happened to kind of dabble on the morning of the launch of the 3080 because I really like the 3080. Uh, it turned out that while not twice as fast as a uh, 2080 necessarily it is a considerable jump in performance and ended up besting the 2080 ti in a lot of situations for you know half the price um and and i like the design of the founders edition card with its tiny pcb and you know fans on opposite eye sides and a in a blow through plus a uh you know typical whatever blower fan design so it, it's quite an interesting little card but you know, I was there, uh, you know, 7 a.m. rolled around. I clicked refresh and the page went from, uh, you know, we'll email you when it's available to sold out in like five seconds. <laughs> so, you know, I don't I don't I don't exactly know uh, how bots can buy whatever stock that may have been that quickly. But uh, but yeah, definitely, definitely not nice for all of us who were looking to buy a card and then, you know, turning around on eBay and seeing those cards sold for $2,000 instead of the $700 that they were supposed to be, uh, kind of gives you a bad taste, but in typical fashion, you know, I recommend to anybody, uh, you probably don't need a 3080 necessarily right away. So obviously buying them from eBay for three times the price is a pretty bad deal, but yeah, I mean, everybody out there, you guys need to understand the only way to get these people to stop doing this is make them eat that inventory. Like people who go out there and buy from these guys on Ebay's are just encouraging these people to continue to do this price gouging on this stuff. Like, like, yeah, I can't believe you need one for anything. So just wait until they come in stock normally and then make all those guys who went out there and bought it and bought all those up just have to sit with those cards for the rest of their life. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and then and I'd say the same thing for the consoles. Like, I mean, I understand you right. might really want the new Xbox and the new PlayStation, but they're going to be available eventually. Don't worry about it. Um, I think you and I, uh, a lot of the guys early on, because, you know, everything was embargoed, and then a lot of data started coming out about the 3080s, which I think, I mean, the, the let's say the 3080 FEs, the Founder Edition 3080s. A lot of data started coming out on them, mm -hmm. and it was good. I, I think I think it kind of reinforced mine and yours idea that the 3000 series is probably not going to be a bad series of cards overall. Right. Um. But then, of course, then that was the embargo release before they came out, and then you know, kind of got us hyped up. And then, as we just talked about, then we could even get your hands on one. Um. You know, a lot of those guys, Gamers, Nexus, Jay's Two Cents. Um, I don't know. Linus kind of seemed like he was in the middle when he did his first 
3080 FE, but there was this huge, huge concern that this blow-through fan was going to heat your case up a million degrees. Yeah, it's just going to melt your CPU. You'd melt. have to have liquid cooling. <laughs> <laughs> and then our... Uh, one of our favorite channels for like giving you a bazillion times more information about stuff than you actually need. Gamers Nexus uh, went through and did a test on it, and uh, turns out it doesn't do much. I mean, it, it does it does quite a bit to keep the card cool because I think these FE cards are running much cooler than a lot of cards have in the past, especially considering how much power they're using. Right. 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 Um. And what? What was the number? Like, how much more did it heat up a normal heat sink than than a than a than a traditional card? So, so with the thirty eighty Founders Edition mounted horizontally, like you would normally mount, uh, you know, a graphics card in your in your case, the temperature in front of the cooler was a brisk three degrees higher than with your standard uh you know backplated gpu that doesn't have fans blowing into the cpu cooler but even with that three degree temperature uh higher in front of the cpu cooler they only saw a 0.6 degree increase on the actual cpu uh die itself so yeah, not not really anything significant. I mean, I, I would suffice to say that if you don't have a case that already has airflow problems, getting a a 3080 or even if custom cards in the future start to have that same blow through design probably isn't going to hurt. And in some situations, GamersX has actually proved that it helped, uh, you know, backplated cards. Since there is no air going across the backplate, the backplate of the card is quite hot. And it itself can start to heat up your CPU cooler if it's big enough and close enough, or your chipset, or your RAM, or anything that's near that backplate. So having that blow-through design and kind of, I would say, stirring the heat around a little bit more uh, actually cools some of those things that otherwise don't see that much airflow. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it, it's definitely the best Founders Edition card that we've probably ever seen i mean i i always looked at the founders edition cards as people who just wanted that nvidia logo on the card but knew that it didn't perform as well as a custom card but for the first time i think i honestly feel like the founders edition performs just as well if not sometimes better because of this new blow through design than the custom cards so well and props to nvidia for that one yeah i mean and obviously and now they are factually better Due to, due to issues with the custom PCB stuff that has been coming out, right? Right. Yeah, and and I I, I from everything that I've read, um, to me it really comes down to Nvidia's guidelines on their reference card being a little lenient and kind of leaving it up to the manufacturers, uh, and then. If they happen to follow the bottom line of that guideline and use POS caps instead of MLCs, then uh, it turns out, yeah, they just they just can't handle that, uh, which is a, a pretty bad move to me. I mean, I I think we we saw a similar thing with the 
uh, with the previous gen Radeon cards, or I guess the the current gen Radeon cards because the new ones aren't out yet, with the mounting pressure of the of the cooler and, and all those types of things, and you know, it, I I just I don't understand why a manufacturer would give out data that they themselves didn't follow one, and uh, and that obviously had never really been through QA, uh, which some some of the custom manufacturers like Asus, for instance, and EVGA both said that they noticed this in pre-production and therefore avoided it on the actual production cards. But some of the other manufacturers didn't seem so uh, so lucky. PMY. Oh, who's that other really cheap one? Uh... Uh, colorful. Uh, Zotac. You know, Zotac. A, a, Zotac was what I was thinking. A about. lot of those guys have had. I mean, it will probably end up being that all of those cards will end up getting recalled, which is costly, one, and secondly, uh, allegedly 3080 production or, or production for 3000 series cards is already very low, so I, I can't imagine that that's helping them on. No, I mean, if you're if you're somebody who just went and bought one of those, you're not getting a warm, fuzzy feeling about this launch because no. you just spent money on a card and then it had a bunch of issues and now you're waiting on it to be replaced. So that doesn't, I mean, and and I think a lot of people, because, you know, FE cards weren't available and I think a lot of people probably had to then pick up custom cards. And if you ended up picking up a custom card that had this issue, you're probably not really stoked about this. Yeah. And honestly, you know, like I said, I can't even be mad at, the manufacturers themselves i, I kind of have to be upset with nvidia for giving them a reference card design that just straight up didn't well, work I mean, maybe uh, you can put a little bit on them because you know some of them some of those custom guys asus and evga obviously have better testing in qa because you know they said they caught this issue right um you know and i'm not sure where gigabyte and msi and some of those other like major because you know I, I think asus evga gigabyte msi those are probably the main big nvidia those guys are, those are kind of your premium yeah your your premium you know, uh, third party I, I hope all of them caught it because yeah i don't know i I, th- I think that probably i imagine a lot of those manufacturers a lot of those custom card manufacturers aren't going to be making this mistake twice you know when the no. 4000 series drops in 2022 or whenever it's going to be, they're probably not making this mistake again. <laughs> um, so that kind of put you and I in a position, which you, which I think you and I thought about prior to this anyway, which was, you know, with the Radeon release and apparently AMD announcing the Radeon release in October and possibly the next version of the Zen architecture this year you know it's put us in the it gave us the uh default position of i guess now we just wait and see because we can't really get anything and they're having manufacturing problems anyway right you know let's see what radeon's gonna do um there was also the little bit of information that dropped uh who was it that accidentally released all the SKUs? was that gigabyte, gigabyte. or was that yeah. msi no, it's Gigabyte. Yeah, so Gigabyte accidentally re- dropped all these SKUs for all these other 3000 series cards they're going to be out, you know, like 3070s and TIs that all have a bunch of different memory configurations, um, which, 
you know, for especially for you, somebody who went through the whole super debacle yeah. in, in the 2000 series, I think kind of gives, I would think for you and maybe for other people who are in that same phase, kind of gives you a moment of pause for buying right now too. Like, like well, now I kind of yeah. want to wait and see. Yeah, and, and, you know, again, as we mentioned at the beginning of the, the podcast, I'm not really playing anything at the moment regardless. I mean, New World is, New World, Cyberpunk, uh, we're, we're pretty much the only two things, well, and, and Shadowlands. Uh, so those three are pretty much the only things that I was... Listen, you need a new 3090 to play Fall Guys. Don't lie to yourself. <laughs> yeah, Fall Guys, uh, what, Dark Souls, Nier Automata, which was made like three years ago, I think. What yeah, you yeah. really want to do is you want to get a 3090, and you want to build a whole new machine, and you want to go load like the Ultra Mega HD uh, Skyrim uh, pack, like so you yeah. can play Skyrim where it looks like real life. I mean, you know, winter's coming up and, you know, really my office gets pretty cold. So, you know, I thought about, you know, if I just did like a Xeon build with like a 3090, uh, you know, then I could just heat my room and uh, play Cyberpunk at, you know, 8K. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's like, I have no idea how much that LG, that that 88 inch LG OLED uh, TV puts off for heat, but it probably puts off plenty of heat on its own. Yeah, yeah. And I thought about, you know, what if I could sit in front of a computer, but also still get tan? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, they that's what you really get out of HDR 100. It, yeah, all those all those uh, nits uh, will, yeah. will give you a tan. you have to wear SPF in order to play flight sim on that. I mean, you know, like the little like the little reflective things that you see, like the women hold up, like to tan their face. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, that's basically a one thousand R curve monitor, right? If those are the, that's the same shape. Like if you if you look at those from a top down view, that's the same. I mean, I think I think that's how a one thousand R curve was designed. It's just that it had that in mind. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I I really don't have anything that I'm that that I really feel like I need a card for. Cyberpunk is honestly probably going to be the most intensive thing that I that I play as far as graphics goes. So. Um, but yeah, I really don't care about playing it on ultra. I'm kind of just stoked to play something that's, uh, sci-fi, you, you know, futury blade runner type game. So I don't, I don't have a need for a card. And if a TI is going to drop with more memory and not a crazy, crazy, uh, price difference, then, you know, I might as well wait for the TI or if the new Radeon cards happen to be as good as they say that they're going to be then uh, then I may end up with one of those. So, yeah, might as well wait and let everybody battle it out and let everybody, uh, you know, buy cards up with bots and resell them for whatever they want. Not my problem. Uh, where did the where did the memory spec leak for the Radeons come from? Um, I, I mean, I think I, I think a couple guys were just looking through uh, performance benchmarks. And they happen to find a couple of cards labeled as like Navi 21 and Navi 22. Because well, uh, it ended up being like, you know, there, there's been a lot of discussion about how the new 3080 only has 10 gig of RAM. Right. Um, you know, because the old 2080 Ti had 11 and then some other stuff had more than that. And then, you know, some of these benchmarks were showing that it's possible that some of these new Radeon cards could have 12 and 16 gig of RAM. Um, we don't know what kind of RAM, 
you know, the, the last series, you know, I'm pretty sure the 5700 XT didn't have HBM, right? I think it just had GD, it just had some kind of DDR on it. Yeah, I think it was just DDR5. It's been, we haven't seen any new HBM from AMD since the Vegas. Right. Um, you know, so you start to wonder if that, you know, back when they originally did HBM, it wasn't a ton of RAM. I feel like some of those cards, some of those cards didn't have a ton of HBM on them. Um, and then, of course, the old HBM memory technology from Radeon would nowadays be slower than the GDDR6X right. that NVIDIA is releasing. So there's some there's some question on the AMD side is if this new HBM, what I think it just stands for high bandwidth memory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way that was originally described back in the day when they first released it, I think on those old Fury cards, I think may have been the first thing that had HBM was it was almost like they just stacked all that memory on top of each other in order to make it go really fast. Like they were just trying to like make the travel distance for all that Ram, like as short as possible. Yes. The way I think I saw it was an infographic on it. I think when the fury cards dropped, um, but then I think there were some rumors that they had, you know, HBM, HBM two was supposed to be, you know, very comparable to, um, yeah, that's the whole thing. It's supposed to be 3D stacked RAM that is really fast because it's all stacked. I guess we'll see. Um, you know, I question with with the with the DLSS and the AI technology that's on the 3000 series that then that then facilitates all this ray tracing stuff. These Radeon cards, I, I don't think they're going to have that. And even if even if these new Radeon cards do have ray tracing, it's going to be ra- it's going to be AMD's first iteration of ray tracing, which right. I think is going to natively put it behind where Nvidia is right now. Right. So it's my belief that Radeon, AMD, Radeon are going to have to come out with just some really fast, straight up cards. Like, they're just going to have to knock out DX11 and DX12 stuff and Vulcan stuff, right? And they're going to have to knock it out at 2 and 4K, you know, at really good frame rates. And then, and they're going to have to be valued out really well. Because I don't think they're going to be able to compete with all these proprietary NVIDIA technologies that they're using to up. Essentially, they're using so that you can play... RTX 60 FPS Cyberpunk at 4K, like I, I don't think I don't think Radeon can answer to that with this in a first generation. If they do, it'll be a in my mind it'll be a miracle. So I think they just they have to knock out a really good, you know, non non ray tracing card at a good price that just obliterates the Nvidia's at everything else. Yeah, yeah, and and we kind of talked about this, uh, you know, during the 3000 series uh, kind of launch reveal uh, that ray tracing, as cool as it is, and and it it is typical NVIDIA to kind of be ahead of the game, uh, but but ray tracing, as cool as it is, still isn't something that most people 
use, care to use, want to use, think about using even. So to keep pushing the boundary with ray tracing is is fine for NVIDIA to do. But like you said, I think if, if AMD just releases a... I don't even necessarily feel like they need to compete in the 4K territory. If they just competed in 1080p uh, to 2K, that you may see a lot of people jump ship, especially if you can't find 3080s or 3070s soon. Uh, you yeah, know, especially I think you can when see you a consider, lot of jump ship over to Radeon cards. You know, the Steam stuff shows most people are still playing at 1080, and, you know, the next one is like ultra wides and 2Ks. Right. You know, and then beyond that, you know, if if Twitch, you know, Twitch to me is always an interesting barometer for who's playing what nowadays. But, you know, if you go on and look at uh, Twitch, you know, Grand Theft Auto, League of Legends, Fortnite, Modern Warfare, Valorant, Minecraft. Although I guess Minecraft has an RTX version now, but I, there's not a lot of mods in that space. Yeah, and I haven't seen a lot of people play it other than just to show it off. You know, if you look at the top 10 games on here pretty often, they're not RTX games. And, you know, World of Warcraft's up there. Counter-Strike's up there. You know, if, if you can deliver really good speed at 1080 and 2K, Overwatch, you know, uh, in these competitive games, which a lot of people are playing, Battle mm -hmm. Royale games and all that, um... I think you're delivering to most people at that point. You're delivering to the widest base of purchasers at that right. point. Right. Yeah, and so if they can give that just Oh, and they we'll need to add like, they need to add an encoder. They need some sort of invec competitor. An encoder would be nice. Personally, that's that's an issue that we would like to see them solve. Uh, again, I'm not even sure. I mean, we we have figured this out by talking to some streamers. Most people just don't even use invec like even people now... who even people who just who's who even people who stream it's not it's not something that people know how to use uh in all scenarios no, so... and, and it's just now getting to the point where some of the some of the streaming software is turning it on if you let it automatically optimize right like resolve does for us yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but uh but no i don't think all of them are doing that yet either no no and and so you know, I I want AMD to step into those areas sooner than later. I don't want them to fall behind on ray tracing. I don't want them to fall behind on having an encoder. But if they can continue to produce just raw horsepower cards uh, with a lower cost than NVIDIA, and I'll say stability, because that's typically the AMD fear with any Radeon card, especially when they're new, uh, then, then you know they can definitely compete in that realm at that point in time. No, and I I don't think it's a bad methodology from AMD's standpoint of you know I'm for uh, to give it to to spotlight a technology that Nvidia really kind of started, which was like Adaptive Sync with G Sync, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then you look at where it is today. You know, there's some I definitely have some appreciation for Nvidia for pushing that even though, you know, I don't like how proprietary it was early on. Right. Um, but it's obviously opened up into something else. Um, you know, I don't know that that's a bad place for AMD to come from of, you know, let 
let NVIDIA sort out some of the ray tracing issues, let them fight with ray tracing a little bit. And then it's almost always AMD's standpoint when they come in on the in the video driver space and they'll, they're going to come out with some sort of open source DLL, DLSS and AI thing that they're going to release. That's kind of their normal way is like, hey, we're going to release this and we're going to let it be available on everything. And that way, you know, we're not going to, it's not going to be that big of a deal for games out there to integrate with it because we're just going to open it up to everybody. Use it if you want. So, you know, let, let, let's hope AMD gets there. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for him. I don't know what I'm going to be doing the next couple weeks. Like, I don't... I was sitting around today trying to figure out if I wanted to play something and nothing was really jumping out at me that I really wanted to go play it. No, it's kind of the same for me. I mean, I, I pick up, uh, you know, Fall Guys every now and then, uh, you know, and, and I've kind of just been playing a lot of solo games that I always say I want to play whenever we're playing an MMO or, or something else that's taking up all of our time. So I've really just been trying to catch up on things that I wanted to play and, and catch up on, but... You know, speaking of Fall Guys, I, I did I bought Among Us, and yes. I went and played some Among Us. Oh, I'm about to sneeze. Is that a common task? All right, I'm back. Do I have to sneeze? <laughs> yeah, sneezing was a common task. Yeah, I sneeze too. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, you know, I don't have ten. I don't have nine other people to play Among Us with, like all, like all the famous YouTube stars do. Uh. So I just played with random other people and I had, I'd say 50, 50 match success as far as like people playing among us because they understood what the game was and they wanted to play it that way. And then I got to this point where like I had, uh, I had made friends with this. Uh, I can't remember what his name was. I think his name was Charles and I, I kept calling him Charlie, but, uh, he, he was playing as the white character. And I think I was brown with teddy bear ears because, you know, it looks adorable. And <laughs> we were just hanging out. Like, we were just, like, friends in this Among Us game. And we didn't, And then, you know, a couple times he killed me because we were always hanging out. And then he would get imposter and he would murder me. And then a couple times I would get imposter and I'd murder him. And then he, he was, you know, one time we're in the chat between rounds. Or it might have been, like, during a discussion. He's like, hey, what's your Discord? And I, I gave him my Discord information. I was like, yeah, you know, I like this guy. I'll play Among Us with him. And he adds me on Discord, and, like, we make a couple jokes back and forth about the game and some stuff. And in one of these rounds, he gets killed by somebody. And uh, he messages me on Discord, and he's like, it was such and such. Tell everybody that you saw him vent and then get him kicked out. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, you really want to cheat in this simple little spy detective game? <laughs> And, and then you would catch, and then at that point, you get to the point where you start catching people cheating all the time because, you know, you'll see somebody pull off a really good kill and then four people will vote for the guy who did it and get him booted out. And you're like, well, you guys are like, they're obviously all on Discord together and then one of them died and then all their friends voted for the guy who killed them, even though nobody saw it happen at all. Yep. And you're like, really, guys? This is, you're cheating. But, you know, I think, well, you had that video, right? of that guy cheating in Fall Guys. Mm -hmm. Like hacking in Fall Guys, which is supposed to be mm -hmm. impossible. 
um, who cheats in that? Uh, then again, I don't know who cheats in anything competitive online with other people. Um, I'll be the first to admit that I sometimes like to cheat at certain games. Um, Sim City. Uh, is uh, <laughs> is one of those like you know sometimes like and nowadays the new SimCity games have like creative mode, but you know they didn't always and like so you, you cheat some money into SimCity right, um, you know sometimes I like oh sometimes I play like Age of Empires, or Rise of Nations and I cheat a little bit just because I want to build up like I just want to well, I mean because you want the monster truck yeah yeah well not now but just sometimes I just want to build up like what happens if I built two hundred archers and then you know like you just want to build an empire. And it's not necessarily about it being competitive against the AI or anything. I just want to screw around. But to go online and cheat in competitive games, you're just like, really? Really, that's what you're doing? Uh. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of that, I'll, I'll hope at least, that a lot of that comes whenever, you know, a lot of these streamers pick up a game and they play it. Because I think these other I think these other guys assume that maybe they can get into one of their matches. Uh, you, you know, we see that with Modern Warfare, right? Where guys will follow streamers uh, until they get into a match with them, and then they'll turn their cheats on and go and go kill said streamer, and then you know be all excited about it. And uh, and so hopefully maybe as Among Us and Fall Guys and some of those kind of fall off of their high horse. Uh, that that some of that will disappear with them and they'll move on to to another game but definitely definitely an interesting choice especially in among us because that that just that just is the point of the game i mean there really is no winner or loser even though there's you know victorious or, or no, defeat no, at like, the end. yeah like ultimately it's just supposed to like if anything it's like sounds like somewhat spiritual like i'm like i follow buddha or something but like half the fun of something like among us is uh is just the journey from the beginning to the end of the game. Right. Like, just to see what happens and play, right? Because everybody... It's, it's just, oh, I think what a lot of people don't get because they want to win in Among Us is half of it is, like, kind of just RPing. Like, at the beginning of the round, like Dungeons & Dragons, you need to decide what you're going to play. You're going to play, like... You're going to play, like, uh, Lawful Good? You're going to play Chaotic Neutral and just screw with everybody? Like, <laughs> you know... And, and then stick to that and, and have some fun with it. Um, ah, well. Uh, I think that's all we got for today. Um, I don't know when we'll get, you know, around to a, another episode. Hopefully sooner you know, than this one. <laughs> it could be a week. Uh, could be, a could be a month and a half, you know, who knows? Uh, but yeah, follow us on anchor, uh, check us out. And, uh, I'm Mr. Fluffykins. Uh, I'm 10 ton man. And we'll catch you guys next time. See you guys.